Welcome back to Beyond the Uniform. I'm Justin Asiri, and my goal is to help members of the military community thrive in their post-service career and life. Today's episode number 458 with Matt Miller, Air Force pilot to Vending Machine Empire. Thought the corporate world was going to be the answer. And what I found out was, yeah, the corporation didn't control me as much as Uncle Sam did while I was in uniform. But the reality is the rules changed all the time and they never changed in my favor in the corporate world. At least you knew what to expect with Uncle Sam for the most part, right? So anyway, I started doing some stuff on the side because I wanted to really have more control over our future and had a buddy of mine from church one Sunday mention the fact that he and his young daughters had some gumball machines and they were doing some stuff together as a family and making some money and I remembered that. And so initially I started off just selling gumballs. Well, today is the fifth episode in a five episode series all about franchises. I'm kind of curious if everyone's sick of talking about franchises or hungry for more, but I wanted to end with the starting point for me. Today's episode originally aired all the way back in January 13th, 2017. That was the starting point for me, the inciting incident for me going down the rabbit hole of looking at franchises at the time. I have rebroadcasted these episodes and pieced them together in a new way to lay out a argument for why veterans may or may not like a career in franchises. If you haven't listened to the preceding four episodes, definitely check them out, starting with the one that said coming soon to be on the uniform. That's the one where I gave the context for this five-episode series. The other ones attack this problem from different angles, but we're ending with the starting point for me. Here are the top three reasons to listen to today's episode. First of all, empire. Matt went from being turned down for for a payday loan to working nights and weekends on a side project to running an empire of franchises. And he's done it completely solo for eight of the last nine years. He provides tactical advice on how you can do the same. Second of all, personal growth. Matt has some great advice about allocating 10% of your budget for personal growth and development and provides tons of very specific recommendations on things to take advantage of with this budget. The show notes are chocked full of links to things I plan to check out and would encourage you to do so as well. Third, creating the life you want. Matt burned his ships. He turned down opportunities necessary for promotion in the Air Force in order to have the time to developing his own company. He talks about how he constructed the life he wants for him and his family, and it's very, very cool. As always, at beyondtheuniform.org, you'll find show notes with links to everything we discuss, as well as a text transcript of this episode and over 457 other episodes just like this one. This is the final episode in this series. Next week, we'll be coming back with a brand new theme, but I hope that you can uh, enjoy this last bit of wisdom about franchises. So with that, let's dive into my conversation with Matt Miller. Well, joining me today, normally in Stephenville, Texas, but today in Buffalo, New York, is Matt Miller. Matt, welcome to Beyond the Uniform. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me on, man. I uh, I literally just picked up some takeout at the place. <laughs> it's called the Anchor Bar. It was the home of the very first buffalo chicken wings in the country. Oh, wow. And so we were in Buffalo, and we figured we had to come and and uh, give this place a try so we could say we had been there, done that. So thanks for accommodating, man. <laughs> that that place is uh, is probably accountable for taking a year off my life with all the, the wings I've eaten in my day. Those <laughs> oh, dude, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess to start off... Um, I, I'm wondering, how did you first go about starting School Spirit Vending? 
You know, it's it's crazy. I got out of the military. I was an Air Force pilot and Air Force Academy grad, and I got out back in uh, 98. Thought the corporate world was going to be the answer, and what I found out was, yeah, the corporation didn't control me as much as Uncle Sam did while I was in uniform, but the reality is the rules changed all the time, and they never changed in my favor in the corporate world. At least you knew what to expect with Uncle Sam for the most part, right? So anyway, um, I started doing some stuff on the side because I wanted to really have more control over our future. There had been some financial decisions made with the companies that I worked for that uh, had really put us in a bad financial spot and had a buddy of mine from church one Sunday mention the fact that he and his young daughters had uh, some gumball machines and uh, they were doing some stuff together as a family and making some money, and I remembered that. And so initially, I started off just selling gumballs, and I found a used candy and gumball machine on eBay and went about figuring out vending. Well, fast forward a couple of years, uh, I kind of learned that industry had about 120-plus locations around Houston, where we lived at the time. And then 07 and 08 hit, and the market tanked. And less people were frequenting the businesses that I had equipment in. And I was frustrated and had four young kids come knocking on my door in the span of a couple of weeks, selling me stuff for the local school fundraisers. And I didn't know the kids. So they were coming to, you know, strangers doors, essentially selling to raise money for the school. And I thought, man, maybe there's a way I can tie what I'm doing in vending in to school fundraising, uh, shelter us a little bit from the ups and downs of the market and what's going on in the economy and also get some kids off the street. And so the whole idea of custom spirit stickers for schools was kind of born out of those kids knocking on my door and my frustration with with what was happening in the economy. And because I was in the advertising world at the time and print advertising was my specialty, you know, being able to get stickers printed was not that complicated a thing. And so came up with this idea, had a good buddy of mine who had a was an elementary PE teacher, and he got me into his school down in West Columbia Elementary, about an hour and a half south of Houston. And um, we were off to the races from there, man. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> and, and, and when you were doing that initial vending machine business, you were still working full time. This was just kind of a side project that you were taking on? Oh, yeah. Nights and weekends. I was wanting to put something together on a part-time basis that would help solidify our financial position as a family. And ultimately, the goal was, if possible, to be able to walk away from the corporate gig altogether and be able to do our own thing. And, you know, that took a number of years to get there. But the cool thing about vending is you put a machine out there and you see what it makes and you add another machine the next week or the next month and you know what that makes. And over time, you can run the numbers very easily to figure out, okay, how many of these locations do I need to have in order to make the impact financially I need for my family? And so I just systematically got busy with, you know, finding locations uh, anywhere that I could in the area that would take our equipment. And so it's it pretty wild. I, you know, you know, initially with gumballs and all, you're talking a quarter at a time. But we were in a place where 
I needed to see a return mm. pretty much right away. And so I put that very first candy and gumball machine in, in a karate studio in Kingwood, Texas, which is on the northeast side of Houston, one of the suburbs where we lived at the time. Went back after a couple of weeks because I was just wondering, okay, is this, does this vending thing really work? Because my kids had never used vending machines before. Went back on a Thursday night. The karate studio is packed with kids and their that machine up and quarters spilled out all over the place. <laughs> and I was like, holy smokes, I think I found my answer. And, of course, we you know slowly built things up from there as we had the money to where today we're a national franchise with uh, business in about 40 states. Uh, we've been in the Toronto area here in the last few days, exploring the idea of franchising in Canada um, beginning next year. And it's just, it's crazy how we've been blessed and what's transpired since then. And you know, one of the things I'm really impressed with is, is you know, from an outsider's standpoint, it looks like you run multiple organizations, all of which seem to feed into each other. Um, for listeners, could you provide an overview of the different entities you formed and, and basically what they do? Yeah, so there's several things that we do. First off is obviously uh, SSV franchising or school spirit vending itself. And we... Uh, you know, set up and teach people how to do what we do in our industry and uh, help schools raise money um, with our program and help families develop passive income streams as franchisees. We also uh, own a company called Sticker Swarm, which is our supply company. Uh, we manufacture and provide uh, stickers for not only our team but uh, make them available, uh, you know, custom stickers to, to businesses and organizations all over the country. Um, I started a comic book company a couple of years ago because I was inspired to read comics as a kid and saw the stuff that was available to kids today, most of it with adult themes and, and that type of thing, and wanted to start to provide something in conjunction with our machines in the schools that would allow us to hopefully inspire some kids to read as well. And so all those things kind of work together um, and, and complement each other really well in, in all that we do. One of the things I love about the life that you've created for yourself out of the Air Force is you've built a business that not only benefits your you and your family financially, but it has a greater impact on the franchisees' families, it has an impact on the children, and it has an impact on the schools. And it's just really cool to see a, a company that's creating value in so many different ways for so many different constituents. You know, I've, I've always believed Zig Ziglar's quote about, you know, you help enough other people get what they want. And you'll be taken care of. So our focus, especially now that, that we finally have gotten ourselves out of the financial hole that we were in for years, is to make sure that those that we work with are taken care of in the best way we know how. And that we're providing the absolute best program for our schools, for our franchisees, and for the kids that are our customers possible. And in doing so, the rest takes care of itself. And um, by keeping that focus on others, it, it keeps our priorities straight. It keeps us humble. And, um, you know, it's so cool to see families all across the country that are learning entrepreneurship, learning how to build a business together, 
and to see them go, many of them from never never having any business background at all to now owning a successful franchise with our company. When I was an Air Force instructor pilot for the first five years after pilot training, um, I loved seeing a student pilot come into my and sit down at my desk as one of my students, not knowing anything about the T-38, which was the airplane that I flew. And within a month and a half, they were going solo. Four and a half months later, they had their wings as full-fledged pilots in the Air Force. And when I left the Air Force and left being an IP, I lost that kick that being an instructor uh, brought. And I've got that back today with what we do with SSB because so many of the people on our team have never owned a business before or have definitely never done anything in vending before. So to be able to teach them and then watch them put things together at their own pace, to watch their kids get excited and learn uh, business because they're doing something with their mom and dad is is just a huge rush today. That's that's really incredible. And and um, for veterans listening, I think it always helps for them to get that visceral feel for what your life looks like. What is what does a typical day look like for you between these four organizations that you've built? Well, what's cool with today's economy is the fact that most everything you can do today can be virtual. I was a solopreneur up until 18 months ago. I did and ran it all. Today we've got you know multiple contractors that work for us. We've got our first employee part-time, and we're about to hire some others. But most of our organization is decentralized literally all over the country and in some cases around the world. So I run all of our companies out of a office that we built um, off of our house. And um, I've got some local help for some things that we do locally. But otherwise, it's all managed with, uh, you know, video conferencing and, of course, all the different tools that are available on the web today. And um, so, believe it or not, it doesn't take nearly as much time as what people might think just because of the technology that's available out there and the, and the possibilities that that brings. And, and where do you go right now to learn? I, I'm thinking of a veteran listening who just really admires where you're at and wants to follow in your footsteps. Where would you point them in terms of, of books, websites, podcasts, communities? What, what will help them learn what they need to do to, to follow in your footsteps? You know, the biggest thing is you are the sum total of the books you read and the people that you hang out with. And, uh, you know, you look look who your friends are, and that's going to kind of determine your future. And I, one of the best decisions I made was, was several years ago, I hired a guy as a coach, a guy by the name of Aaron Walker. Um, and I'm an introvert. Normally, I like to kind of do my own thing, be in my own space, not really like to be bothered a whole lot. And Aaron encouraged me to start getting out to conferences and start getting to know people, develop relationships and that type of thing. And so for the last several years, the biggest thing I've done is I've made a point of, of making sure that I attend at least a couple of events a year. Um, a couple of years ago, Aaron said, Matt, you need to go to Social Media Marketing World in San Diego. I'm going. Why don't you come with me? And I was like, okay. 
I don't know why I would go because, yeah, I got a Facebook page that I use personally, you know, with friends and family. And I had just gotten a LinkedIn profile, but that really didn't have a whole lot on it. He said, why don't you just come with me and let's just go hang out. So I ended up going to the conference, not really knowing why. But in the process, I got the opportunity to meet a bunch of amazing people. I also learned the power of podcasting at that event. And within a couple of months, a guy by the name of Cliff Ravenscraft, who's kind of the granddaddy of podcasting, at least as far as audio quality is concerned, um, I ended up taking his podcasting A to Z course and became a podcaster myself. And then, of course, I also started um, being a guest on a multitude of shows as well as an opportunity to kind of spread the word about what we do and, and the benefits of it and to share some of the success principles and that type of thing that that I've found to be beneficial for us along the way, similar to what we're doing now. Uh, I've attended several Seth Godin events. Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with Seth. He's kind of the marketing guru online and has been for years. Um, I've attended several Dave Ramsey events. Uh, his Entree Leadership Program is incredible. And so just making that decision, and every year not necessarily knowing where I'm going to go, just committing to go. Um, Darren Hardy, who's who's a well-known guy in the uh, online space, he said something to the effect that he his goal is to spend 10% of the money he makes every year on self-development. And so I've begun to really try to do that very thing for myself and just to make it a part of what I budget every year and the travel that I do so that I can continue to get out there and continue to be challenged, not only in thought process, but also to, to get a chance to meet some amazing people whose relationships um, ha- have really helped propel us forward in a lot of ways. That's great. And for listeners, I'll add links to all those, those amazing resources he referenced there in the show notes. Um, and, and after the military, when you got out of the Air Force, you started out in sales. Is that a path you'd recommend to other veterans? And how much has that played a role in your success as an entrepreneur? You know, I think it being in sales is it, it can provide a huge amount of experience just for life in general. Uh, you know, a book that I read years ago, uh, uh, Dale Carnegie's "How to Win Friends and Influence People," was was the one book that really got me headed down that that path. And you know, when I first read the or heard the book, saw the title, I was like, "Man, I don't." I thought it was like about manipulating people and all that. And it, it couldn't be further from the truth. It's just about learning how to relate to people and how to develop relationships. And as an example, he talks in that book, the power of someone's name. In fact, that's the most important word in the English language to anybody out there is their name. So the importance of learning their name remembering it, and then calling them by their name on a regular basis. You know, the fact that people don't want to hear about you, they want to tell you about them. And being willing to be a good listener instead of just, you know, throwing up all over everybody that we run into with everything about us. Little things like that made a huge difference. And then just getting out and learning how to make them 
uh, work in life and in business has been invaluable. It's, there's not no rocket science at all. And a lot of people would think, well, I'm not a salesperson. That couldn't be further from the truth. We all are salespeople in our own way. And it's not a it's a learned skill. It's not something that you're born with. Because like I said earlier, I'm an introvert, man. I, I really prefer not to be out there, but I can do it for a period of time. And then I go back to my hole for a while and kind of regenerate bef- before I come back out again. That's that's awesome. And, um, you know, you've, you've been running your own company for nearly 10 years now. That puts you in the 1% of companies that are able to do that. I'm just wondering... Um, if you were to have gone back in time to when you just got out of the Air Force, could you have started this right out? Or what were the skills that you needed to, to acquire before going out on your own and starting your own company? You know, I probably could have started something. I, I could have starting a, started a vending business, no doubt about it. But I, I'm a firm believer, Justin, that God puts in our path challenges along the way because we've got stuff that we've got to learn. And the only way we will learn is by being put through some junk sometimes. And, you know, 12 years ago, we were in a really, 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 really bad financial place. I got turned down for a payday loan at one point. Here I am, Air Force Academy graduate, former Air Force pilot and instructor pilot getting turned down for a couple hundred bucks. But we were in a bad place financially, and I know now that I had to go through that and figure out how to work through it, figure out how to live in that place for a while and continue to provide for my family as I was figuring it out. Because today I can empathize with, with folks that I come in contact with and give them hope because if they're in a similar situation, I've been able to work out of it. And if I can do it, they can do it too. If I hadn't gone through that, I probably would be an arrogant jerk and people, number one, wouldn't care to listen. But number two, I, I couldn't help people with something that I hadn't done and been through myself. Mm, that's incredible. That's really, really awesome. And um, if a veteran is listening right now and they're, you know, I, I believe a quarter of veterans, if not more, aspire to start their own company, what advice would you give to them on how to do that, how to make that dream come true? Well, there's a couple of different things you can look at. You can look at being an innovator and creating something from scratch, or you can find an entity out there that's already successful and just choose to duplicate that system that's already in place. Um, either path will work. Uh, it just really is up to the person and how they feel that they're wired. But the key is this, I think, more than anything. It's thought process. It's realizing that, you know, you and I were kind of taught in the military that Uncle Sam, I mean, you, you, you know, it's going to be difficult to survive without Uncle Sam taking care of our every need. And so because of that, I've seen person after person after person who's decided to stay on, who had abilities far beyond what they were doing in the military because of that fear of the unknown, you know, the benefits and the health care and all those kind of things. And what I've learned, it's not that big a deal. And if you're willing to work for it and to apply 
the discipline and the knowledge and the skills that you learned in the military, you have no idea what value those can have either as work, you know, working for a company out there corporately or in getting things put and putting them together uh, for yourself. The things that I've been willing to do, Justin, a lot of people around me think are nuts, but those are also people that never were in the military and never had to go through what you and I had to go through, whether it be in basic training or, or just some of the godforsaken places and situations we found ourselves in, you know, overseas or what have you. You know, you learn a mental toughness and you learn how to just kind of roll with the punches. And there's a lot of people out there that have never been through anything like that. So the minute something hard comes their way, they don't know what to do. And, and in many cases, they quit. Well, we were taught not to quit. We were taught to suck it up, to not make excuses and to figure out a way, right? <laughs> and, and everybody else who has worn the uniform like you and me has been in a very similar situation. In fact, many of you guys who spent time over in Iraq or Afghanistan or that type of thing went through a heck of a lot more than I ever did being a pilot and flying in and out of those places with cargo and then being gone four hours later. I, I love that, and I, I uh, really echo your thoughts on that. And, and um, you know, one thing I'm wondering, especially for someone who's listening who's maybe on active duty right now, if you were to give advice on one action that they could take today to, to, to take one step closer to that goal of starting their own company, do you have any thoughts on what they could do right now? If you're committed to do something on the outside, then start laying the foundation now for your success. You have time off on nights and weekends, just like most everybody else does. And especially with the web today, there's more opportunity to be learning and to be putting stuff in place while you're still on active duty. The other thing is, if you're truly committed, you got to be willing to take to make some t tough decisions. As an example, one of the things that we had to do uh, in the Air Force, uh, in order to get promotion to major, et cetera, is to go to something called Squadron Officer School, SOS. And everybody around me went to SOS. I turned down SOS multiple times at the risk of my future in the Air Force, but I had already decided that the minute my commitment was up, I was gone. So it made no sense for me to go spend a month and a half in Alabama learning and going through this program like everybody else, if I had no desire to be promoted to major and, uh, and take that career path. So I burned my boats. I burned my ships, as the story goes, in relation to my career once I knew that I was not going to be the next general of the Air Force. And I didn't accept every last assignment that they wanted to throw my way. I didn't end up becoming an aircraft commander in the C-5, which is what I flew the last three years that I was in the Air Force. Everybody else around me became an AC. I told them, you know what, I, I really don't want to do that. And they looked at me cross-eyed and wondered, what the heck are you doing, dude? You're not going to be able to go to the airlines or do anything if you're not an aircraft commander. Well, I had no plans to go to the airlines, and I had no plans of getting promoted. 
So why take that time? Why take on that responsibility? Why take on that stress flying all over the planet and being responsible for an airplane and an entire crew when I could just be the guy sitting in the right seat, still doing my job, still saluting smartly, but not having all the responsibility because I had already decided that I was not going to be a career guy. I wasn't going to go to 20. I wasn't going to retire. So why kid anybody, including myself, why not do my job, but not raise my hand for those extras? And because I didn't, I had more time to lay the foundation on nights and weekends, etc., to prepare for my getting out. I love that. I love that thought of just burning the ships and knowing what you want and going after that. Um, I, I, I know that we're running short on time. I, I always like to leave the last question to, to be more open-ended for you. And I know I asked a lot of questions that I think would be helpful for our listeners, but knowing that you have an audience of active duty and, and veterans listening to this, what, what advice would you give to them? Or what else would you want them to know about their personal life or professional life? You can be in control. You can live a life that you truly want to live. You can live a life where your family is the priority and can develop and build a life to where you don't have to be subject or at the whim of Uncle Sam or anybody else. I put my family, my faith in my family front and center in all that I've done. <clears throat> And it's, it's made it difficult at times, granted. But the reality is, I, I, I came across a guy in the mastermind group that I'm a part of. We had a retreat weekend here um, about a month ago out of Na outside of Nashville. And he got up in front of the group and was sharing a bunch of stuff. And, and he mentioned the fact that you know, he was kind of stuck, that Uncle Sam had control. He had already put in his 20 so he could get out at any time, but he felt stuck because of some injuries and some medical necessities that still required surgery and all that. And, and I told him, I said, dude, you don't have to be gone from your family all the time. You can change all that. Trust me, it's all right on the outside and you'll be taken care of. And if your family is truly as important to you as you say it is then man, start living for them, not for what the next assignment is or the next job that puts you out there at risk. And, But he had been so indoctrinated for so long in service beyond above self and above family and above everything else that he had kind of forgotten and gotten his priorities a bit mixed up in my mind. And for him to be able to talk to him now and to see the change because of that weekend and some of the other conversations he had and for him to really understand that he can build a life that is best for him and what makes him tick and his family um, and what their priorities are. You know, we homeschool our kids. Uh, we run our own business. We're, we're pretty weird in the whole scheme of things. Uh, we don't fit in in a lot of places, but we put this life together for ourselves because it's what we felt was best for us. So don't be scared 
to begin to craft a life that is best for you and your family. Because you live in the freest country in the world still today with the most opportunity in the world. And too many people settle for what comes easy or what they think others expect them to do instead of what they really in their heart want to do. And I would just encourage them to follow their heart, to, to follow you know, their passions and figure out a way to follow them and make money in the process um, because it's possible. It's going to take some work, but it's possible more today than ever before. Mm, that's great, man. That's a, a shot of motivation right there. And I just love the, um, I love in both your story and in, in your personal life, just this proactive nature of being able to make anything happen and being able to shape the life that you want. And it might not be the life that someone else wants, but it is the life that's right for you and your family. That's great. To, to give you an idea, Justin, I, I was in the Toronto area today and my daughter, Rebecca, she's our youngest. She's 15. My two oldest kids are off in college. We have had our kids as part of our business since the beginning. So Becca's been around my businesses since she was three or four years old. Well, because we homeschool, she's got some flexibility in her schedule. So a couple of weeks ago, I said to her mom, I said, what do you think about me taking Becca to Canada? She's never been out of the country. It'd be an opportunity for she and I to do some father and daughter time together so today, we met with a franchise attorney in Canada. We met with uh, an accountant. We met with a machine supplier that we're probably going to work with. Here she is, 15-year-old, sitting at the boardroom table of three different companies with her dad and other, <laughs> and other men talking business. And in all three cases, the guys were completely floored that she was there. They, they weren't upset by it. They were like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Guess we, who's we, bringing their kids to work tomorrow? All of those people, right? <laughs> They're yeah, like, I need and, to and do it, this too. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? School was in session today. And no, it was not the standard you know, uh, curriculum that a high school student is quote unquote expected by the educational establishment, but she learned more in the last couple of days, being with dad and experiencing the real world of business, then she'll learn in an entire year of school. And we had the ability to do that because we put a business together with the family as a foundation of it all and have the ability to do things like that today financially and time-wise because we made some decisions starting a decade ago that, that now give us the freedom to come and go as we please and to have our kids involved at a very, very early age. My son, Zane, who's a sophomore in college, he, start, he was our very first graphic designer at 10 years old for our company. At 10, he traded two hours of, of yard work in a good buddies of mine's yard, who was a graphic designer, in exchange for two hours of training in Photoshop and Illustrator. Today... He he's done design now for hundreds of clients, <laughs> thousands of jobs over the last 10 years. He recently was recognized at his school by the head of the school's marketing department. The guy called him into his office because he had seen some of Zane's work around the school. And he was like, 
where did you learn how to do this? Because you're a sophomore. And Zane went on to tell him about the fact that he's been in the middle of his mom and dad's business starting at 10 years old. The guy hired him on the spot to begin to do marketing for the university starting next semester as, as, a, as a part-time job on top of his, his workload in school. <laughs> so, Why? So, <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing, Matt, that you don't, you don't have four jobs. You have five, and the fifth one is, is an entrepreneur <laughs> factory. You're just churning them out of your house. That's incredible. Well, but I'm, a lot of it, Justin, is just them being around a mom and dad who have a dream and a mom and dad are, are, who are willing to do whatever it takes to make that happen. And my kids saw me at times not at home much. There was a period of time where I was working full time. I was building my traditional vending business. I was building my school spirit vending business. And I was delivering pizzas at Pizza Hut for 18 months because <laughs> I needed extra uh, seed money to grow our business. And they've seen their mom and dad buckle down and delay gratification and do what others around them probably would not be willing to do. And today, they're seeing the benefits of that. And of course, they've learned along the way many of those skills, and they're now getting to the age where they're being able to utilize them in the marketplace as well. Mm. I'm just, I'm, I'm very jealous of them. I just think that that's not, not only the business acumen that they're developing at such a young age, but what a cool way to spend time with their dad, like just to be able to have that one-on-one time with you. That's just really cool. And I, I respect you for having built the life that, that you wanted for you and your family. That's really admirable. Appreciate it. Wait, it wasn't all work. We went and visited Niagara Falls a couple of days ago. <laughs> we went zip lining by the falls. We did a bunch of that too. So it wasn't just purely work, but why not mix the two and, and get a chance to spend some time together in the process? That's great. Well, Matt, I know I'm keeping you from some amazing wings here, and uh, I really appreciate your time speaking to me. And I think it's just a great example for the the veteran community, and it's just very helpful to hear some tactical advice on how you got there. No, I appreciate it, Justin. Hey, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to give something away for for anybody that's interested uh, yeah. in the audience. Um, I wrote a short ebook. It's called Live Your Dreams, The Top 10 Reasons Why You Should Own a Vending Business. And it just talks about some basics that I've learned in the last decade plus about vending that most professionals have never even thought of in relation to vending. And uh, we've got a, a, a page that they can go to specifically for your audience. Yeah, they can that go would to be S- great. Yeah, they can go to ssvbusiness.com forward slash uniform. And they can download that for free if they like to learn a little bit more about vending if they want or if they want to talk more specifically about what we do with schools. I'd love to begin a dialogue either way. And and I hope that our little bit of time tonight has been an inspiration for folks because um, there is so much opportunity out there today. You just got to be willing to go grab it and, and to realize that you've got more skills than you think you do. Um, that are very, 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 very valuable on the outside if you're willing to to figure it out and, and to put those in play for yourself and your family. Well, that's great, Matt. I really appreciate that offer as well. And for listeners, I'll add that in the show notes so you can um, check that out and, and make sure you grab a, co- um, grab a copy of that book. So, Matt, thank you for your time. I appreciate your family letting us borrow you tonight. And uh, have a great rest of the day. Hey, you too, Justin. Thanks, man. God bless. Surface.
surface, surface. Thanks for listening. As we wrap up, I wanted to share three quick but important announcements. First of all, if you haven't already, please sign up for my newsletter at beyondtheuniform.io. Although I publish on LinkedIn and Facebook, I'll be starting to use the newsletter as my primary means to share new articles, episodes, and resources relevant to the veteran community. Second, I would love to hear from you. Sometimes I feel like I'm in a relationship where I do all of the talking. You can view me as your very own dedicated resource to help you and other veterans in your civilian career. Have feedback on what I can do differently? Let me know. Someone in particular you want me to track down for an interview? I'm all ears. Know of another way that I could help the veteran community? I'm dying to know. You can find me on LinkedIn, comment on any post at beyondtheuniform.io, email me at justin at beyondtheuniform.io, or if you're in the intel industry, I'm sure you can track me down in some super creepy way. However you do it, take me up on it. I thrive on feedback. Lastly, a quick plug for a few resources I think would benefit any veteran. American Corporate Partners and Service to School both provide free assistance to any veteran. American Corporate Partners pairs you with a mentor in your desired industry, and Service to Schools finds a mentor at a suitable undergrad or graduate school program to help you with your application. Check them out. As always, tons of great content and resources available at beyondtheuniform.io. I'm Justin Asiri, and I'll be back soon with more great episodes. Beyond the Uniform is written and produced by me, Justin Asiri, with the help from our Chief of Staff, Steve Bain, our Editor, Lex Brown, and our Head of Social Media, Janelle Hanf. We are an all-volunteer organization and would greatly appreciate your help in any of the following ways. First of all, spread the word. Beyond the Uniform has over 380 podcast episodes and 15 on-demand webinars, all offered for free. Help us spread the word on social media, at military bases, or whatever gets this resource in front of the men and women who need it. Positive reviews on iTunes go a long way towards this as well. Second of all, sponsorship. Beyond the Uniform relies on sponsorship to keep us going. There is so much more we'd like to do, but just don't have nearly the resources to do it. If you know of a company that would advertise in any way with Beyond the Uniform, please send them our way. Third of all, donations. If you're in a financial position to donate, you can find more information on the support section of our website. At our website, beyondtheuniform.org, you'll find over 380 episodes categorized by industry, functional role, and more. You'll also find both free and for-purchase resources that take a deeper dive on topics related to career growth. Thank you for your support as we aim to help members of the military and their families thrive in their post-military career in life.